This dynamic message is brought to you by Redemption in Jesus with Marco Rava. All right, so let me show you the title of our message today. It is titled Embracing the Journey of an Imperfect Dad. Now look at that real carefully. So what we're going to do is we're going to look at the journey of an imperfect dad and how to embrace it, how they embrace it, but also how we ought to embrace our dads. And you'll see it'll all make sense as we go through this message today. Now, you know yourself, (laughs) there is no such thing as a perfect dad. The only perfect father is our father in heaven because he is perfect. Now, as born-again believers, yes, we have a new identity in Jesus. Yes, and in spirit, we are perfect before God. But we still live in this body. We still live in this fallen body. We still live in this fallen world, this fallen earth. And because of that, we make mistakes. We don't always get things right. And because of that, we get to be imperfect fathers. So if anyone tells you he's a perfect father, either he's a strong man of faith and he's speaking faith, which is good, but when it comes down to it, there is no such thing as a perfect dad. And you know, all too often, we focus on the imperfections of the father and lose sight of the value and the wonderful things that God has put in that father to bless us with. And so today, I want to just share some of those things today. You know, as we (laughs) take time today, as we have and we continue to honor and celebrate and encourage those of us who are fathers among us, I want to talk to us about some of these things. And as we saw in that video clip, fatherhood is a wonderful gift from God. Whether you think it happened by mistake, whether you didn't plan to be a father, however it is that you came about to be a dad, at the end of the day, it was God's plan and purpose And it was his gift to you to be a dad. So it's a privilege to know that as a dad, you get to make a significant and lasting impact on your children's lives. I mean, I remember the first time I held my daughter Gabby just shortly after she was born. I remember holding her and looking at her and just feeling that wonderful supernatural divine bond that we have. But also at the same time, I remember my knees just getting weak and shaking. And this time it was out of just the fear. And I don't mean scared. I mean just the fear of thinking, I'm, I'm going to be, I am this little person's dad. And how I live out my life in her life. And how she gets to experience me as her dad is going to impact her for life and possibly for eternity because she'll make choices and decisions that will also be eternal. And I remember thinking to myself, feeling this pride, this joy, this blessing. But at the same time, I remember feeling this fear thinking, Lord, help me to be the best dad that I can be. And you know, God has and does and continues to help me in so many ways. But I can tell you, my humanity still gets in the way. I still don't always get it right. I still mess up at times. My humanity, my fallen humanity still comes out. 
And therefore, you know, the older my daughter gets and the more I continue to grow, I realize just how imperfect I am and without God, how, <laughs> how much worse I probably would be. And so I know that that's the heart of every dad. We often think to ourselves, man, you know, and then sometimes our children let us know how imperfect we are. They let us know how we fall short. We may not always like it, but it's always there to remind us. But I want to tell you that even that God uses for our good and for our children's good. And so the journey of fatherhood is a noble and challenging one, but it's also one that is filled with joys and with struggles. And everyone who's a dad will say yes to that. We don't want to say amen to that, but yes to that. Amen. But at the end of the day, <laughs> I want to make it clear. There is no such thing as a perfect father, as a perfect dad. But as imperfect as our dads may be, as we may be as dads, we cannot deny or reject the invaluable role that they have in our lives, that God has assigned for them to have in our lives. You know, I think about my own life. My biological dad left us when I was six. So really, I didn't know him. I don't know him. He's no longer with us, apparently, but I don't know him. I never got to know him. They tell me that I look a lot like him. They tell me that I even sound like him a bit, but I don't know that. I, <laughs> all I can go is by what I'm told. But then I have this wonderful person who I regard as my dad because he really was there for me. He really did the best that he could to be dad to me. And he too is no longer with us. But when I think about that, you know, it didn't take me very long to realize that he was imperfect. And yeah, he didn't always get it right. You know, for one, his entire life, he denied God and he claimed to be an atheist. And then the very last night, the night that he died, God used me in a supernatural way to reach out to him and he received Jesus as Lord of his life. I mean, that's the grace and the mercy of God. But what I want to focus on here is when I look back at my life, my biological dad who I didn't know, my dad who I knew, I can tell you that their role in my life was invaluable and that I treasure it and I appreciate it. Warts and all, <laughs> failures and all, I'm so glad that God put them in my life because it's made me who I am today to a great degree. It's helped me develop my character, my nature, all the attributes about me <clears throat> that I really appreciate and others have told me they appreciate. A lot of it has to do because of them in my life. So we can never forget the invaluable role that they have and appreciate it, as imperfect as they are. Amen. And so I've come to realize that if children needed to learn one thing about their parents, that is that they are imperfect. And therefore, what they need to do is embrace their imperfections, their parents' imperfections, as part and parcel of who they are. Now I know that perhaps there's some word of faith people, and I'm a word of faith people, <laughs> who are saying that is not the greatest thing to say. But you know, let's be real, let's be factual. 
none of us are perfect. And without Jesus, we wouldn't be perfect in spirit. But because we are not perfect, one of the best things we can do as children is embrace our parents with their imperfections. Pray for them. Trust God to help them grow out of those imperfections. But don't reject them because of those imperfections. I know that as a young, young teenager, when I was going through, I guess, my hormonal stages and change and puberty, as they call it, I began to notice a lot of my dad's imperfections. And I began to despise him for it. I began to resent him for it. And of course, we clashed often during that time. But when I look back, I think to myself, you know, if I had just embraced him with his imperfections a little more, I would have got more out of what he was trying to do for me. And God in his grace saw through it all. And so here on earth, remember that we all stand on equal ground before God. There is none, absolutely none, who is perfect. We all need the same redemption in Jesus, just the same way. Whether we give ourselves titles, we get great education, we have PhDs behind our names, we achieve great things, we own businesses or we don't, whatever it is that we do in life, <clears throat> at the end of the day, when it's all said and done, we all stand on equal ground before the cross. Amen. Why? Because we're all imperfect and we all need the same redemption. And I want to encourage those of us who are children, regardless of how old you are, if your parents are still around, if your parents are still there, remember this, embrace them with their imperfections. I'm not saying accept their imperfections, but I'm saying trust God with them, with their imperfections, but don't reject or resent them because of their imperfections. Because the day will come, if it hasn't already, if you're a grown-up, where you will have your own children and you will want the same mercy extended to you, the same acceptance extended to you. You know, I think living in this fallen world, it's all just part and parcel of living and cohabiting with someone, just living with someone, is to accept their imperfections as well. Amen. And I'm learning that more and more as I get older. And so when it comes to our parents, the best we can do is appreciate them for making the best effort or for making the effort to be the best mom and dad that they can be to us. Right? I mean, when we run a race, <laughs> I remember in school, I didn't always come first. I wasn't always the fastest kid. I was one of the strongest. So when it came to, you know, the athletics where you did the shot put and the javelin and all the strength related things, I was good at those. But when it came to running and speed and, you know, running around, what do they call it? They call it cross country. They, yeah, they call it track or something like that. But I wasn't the greatest. But I remember my parents just encouraging me through it and saying, you know, it's okay. As long as you did your best, it's good enough for us. And to them, I was a champion. And what I'm saying is we need to do the same thing with our parents. Yes, they have imperfections, but let's appreciate them for trying to do the best they can to be the best mom and dad they can be for us. Amen. And so we're going to talk a little bit more about all of that today. And that's what I want to do. I want to share with you about how, listen to this carefully, please. I want to share with you today 
about how an imperfect dad embraces his journey of imperfection. Because I've learned as a dad, that is one thing that I definitely need to do. Otherwise, I'm going to drive myself crazy. I'm going to drive my children, my child crazy. I'm going to drive my family crazy. One of the things that we need to do is we need to learn to embrace <laughs> our imperfections and our journey of imperfection. Amen. And also, for the rest of us, we need to see what we can learn from them embracing the journey of imperfection and how it can help us appreciate them even more. I remember I was already out of the house, but I remember I reached this point when I was around 19, 20 years old, perhaps. And I decided, you know, I know that my dad is imperfect because I'm beginning to realize just how imperfect I am. And I remember just embracing him with his imperfections and trusting God, you know, trusting him with God for them, but really just embracing him as he was. And then I began to look and see what can I learn from his imperfections. And then it just helped me appreciate him even more. Because the things that I saw, I was able to trust God to help me. Uh, and it was just wonderful. And so today, I want to give you five different things, as quick as I can. Five different things of how an imperfect dad embraces his journey of imperfection. And you'll see there's things we can learn from it, and it will also help us appreciate our dads even more. Amen. So let's have a look at those. So number one, the first thing that I want to share with you, and I, these are not going to come up on the screen except for the scriptures, but just listen carefully. An imperfect dad realizes that he will make mistakes, but knows that the key lies in learning from his mistakes. Did you hear what I said? And that is so absolutely true. <laughs> An imperfect dad will realize, I am going to make mistakes. I do make mistakes. But the important thing from those mistakes that I need to draw is, is to learn from those mistakes. And that's what we can learn from that today. Look at Proverbs chapter 24, verses, uh, verse 16, the first part of that verse. The godly may trip seven times, but they will get up again. And this is specifically talking about a dad, if you look at it in context. And so, notice there, mistakes should never keep us down or defeated. And I've learned that as a dad. I cannot be defeated or be kept down by the mistakes that I make. It's good for us to learn to get up again and again, never quitting. Because that's in essence what God is saying there. When you fall, and yes, you are going to fall. Yes, you are going to make mistakes. But get up every time. Get up again and again and never quit. I think one of the worst things that a dad can do is fall and fall. And after a few times, give up on getting up and just quitting and just pull back. I don't think that helps anyone. And that's the heart that God displays here. And I have yet to meet a dad who doesn't get up every single time. And that's something we can learn and take away from an imperfect dad. Amen. You see, our goal should be to learn from our mistakes and become a better person because of them. Amen. That's what an imperfect dad needs to do. Praise God. 
You see, every mistake, as we see here, is an opportunity for learning and growing. And I've found that in my own life, when I make mistakes as a dad, as a husband, as a person, as a man, as a pastor, it is an opportunity for me to learn and grow again. And I need to get up and press on and keep at it. And I'd like to think, you know, that one of the things that often folks that get to know me say is that they say I'm like a, bu like a bulldog who gets hold of a, <laughs> of a car that's moving and just doesn't let go. And, you know, that's one thing we need to learn to do as dads. And imperfect dads do that. And we need to learn that from them. What I'm saying is, is that this is how God often uses imperfect dads to help us grow and develop because we see their persistence, we see them getting up, we see them not quitting, and that encourages and motivates us to do likewise. And you know, I saw that with my mom, I saw that with my dad, and I think that's why I have such a drive to just keep getting up again and again. Amen. And, I, you know, not to say that I'm making this about me, but I can only share my experience here, but it's to encourage us here. You see, it is in times of failure that we have the opportunity to rise up in humility, make right whatever needs to be made right, and then press forward with greater determination. I know that oftentimes when I fail, when I fall short, when I make a mistake, I, I look at it and I think to myself, this is not going to get me down again. This is not going to happen again. I'm going to press forward and I'm going <laughs> to, and I get greater determination. And that's what we see here in this portion. And that's what imperfect dads do. Look back and you'll see that's what your imperfect dad does and has done. You see, remember, and this, please listen to this carefully. Remember, it is not the absence of mistakes that makes us a great person but your ability to learn and grow from them. Do you hear what I said? <laughs> That's a powerful truth right there. It is not the absence of mistakes that makes us a great person, but our ability to learn and grow from them. You see, some people think, I'm going to be great when I no longer make mistakes. And that's an impossibility. It's not going to happen on this earth. So the best thing we can do is realize my life may not be absent of mistakes, but I am going to learn from them and be better because of them. Amen. And that's what imperfect dads do. So that's the first thing. The second thing that I want to share with you about imperfect dads is, is that an imperfect dad realizes that he will not always be able to express his love for you like he should or like you would like him to. But... He knows that love begins with acceptance. I'm going to qualify that in a moment. I want to make sure you hear what I'm saying. I'm going to repeat that. An imperfect dad realizes that he will not always be able to express his love for you like he should or like you would like him to. But he knows that love begins with acceptance. Let me explain what I mean. Romans chapter 5, verse 7. From the new, we're reading from the New Living today. So Romans 5, 15, 7. <clears throat> Watch what it says there. Therefore, accept each other just as Christ has accepted you so that God will be given glory. Look at those powerful words as instruction, as advice, as godly wisdom. Accept each other as Christ 
has accepted you. Really, as God has accepted us in Jesus. Amen. What do we see from that? <laughs> it is impossible for an imperfect person to love perfectly. Doesn't that reveal that to us? Otherwise, it wouldn't tell us that. Because if you could love perfectly, you would accept perfectly. So that on its own reveals that to us. But here's the thing. Loving someone begins with acceptance. And I'm talking about unconditional acceptance. I know that as an imperfect dad, I realize more and more how important it is to accept my child without condition. And I'd like to believe that I did that from day zero. But we need to keep doing that because they keep growing, they keep maturing, their personality develops, their habits develop, their own style develops, and it's often different to ours. And we need to practice that acceptance more and more and not try and change them to be like us, not to try and change them to be like someone else and not even compare them to someone else because there's only one of them, just like there's one of you. Amen. But love begins with acceptance unconditional acceptance. In other words, accepting someone just as they are. Now, at the same time when I say that, what I'm saying is, is that that doesn't mean that we need to accept all that they do or don't do. That doesn't mean that we need to accept or love everything they love. Because oftentimes it'll be, you know, against what we believe, against uh, something that we don't like. But you see, I'm talking about accepting the person and not necessarily what the person does or doesn't do. You see, acceptance comes from the heart. Acceptance is accepting the person, not the person plus their deeds and actions. Amen. And that's deep. I mean, we can get into that one and talk about that for a long time. You see, accepting someone who is different from us is not always easy. This is why our acceptance should be based on God's acceptance of us without condition or exclusion. That's where love begins. And this is why in this portion, you know, the Apostle Paul, inspired by the Holy Spirit, accept each other just as God has accepted you. You see, God accepts us, warts and all, failures and all, mistakes and all. Why? Because He doesn't focus on our deeds or actions. He focuses on the person, on us. And He accepts us and then helps us become better people. And what I'm saying to you is, is that an imperfect dad realizes, I may not always make you feel like, you, like I love you. You may not always feel like I'm loving you the way that you want to be loved. But know this, I accept you. You are mine. I am yours. I accept you. Let's work together and trust God. Amen. That's a lesson we can learn from imperfect dads. You see, when we accept someone, the way God accepts us, we are able to love them the way God loves us. That's another deep truth out there that is simple but so profound. When we accept someone the way God accepts us, then we're able to love them the way God loves us. Isn't that true? And that's something else that we learn from our dads. Imperfect dads regardless of how unhappy they may be about their kids and what they do and what they don't do, they're still their kids. They will still fight for them. They will still make sacrifices for them. Why? Because they've accepted them the way that they have been accepted by God. 
a powerful lesson to learn. Amen. Now we have to ask the question while we're talking about that. Why is acceptance so important? Let me ask you that question. Why is acceptance important to you? Why is it important that your dad accepts you just as you are? Why is acceptance important? Well, here's the answer. Because <laughs> acceptance creates an environment of value, of love, and of support. Isn't that true? When you feel accepted by someone, you feel valued by that person. When you feel accepted by someone, you feel love from that person. When you, <laughs> when you know someone accepts you, you know that they support you. Amen? That's what acceptance does. And that's something else we can learn from imperfect dads. The third thing that we can learn from imperfect dads is, is that an imperfect dad realizes that he will not always be able to parent you like you would like him to. This is why he turns to God for help. <laughs> Another powerful thing that we can learn from imperfect parents, from an imperfect dad, is, is that he realizes that he will not always be able to parent you like you would like him to. But this is why he turns to God for help. And I've experienced that so many times in my life. Like, God, what do I do? How do I handle this? And he gives us wisdom. Watch this in Ephesians 6 verse 4 from the Living Bible. And now a word to you parents. There it is, as clear as anything. Don't keep on scolding or nagging your children. You see, sometimes parents think that's the way to teach them, to discipline them, to give them guidance, is by scolding and nagging them. And yet, God says, yeah, don't do that. He says, making them angry and resentful. You see, when we scold our children, when we nag our children, day in and day out, about something, even though our motive may be right, even though we may see down the road because of our life experience, God says, don't scold them, don't nag them. Number one, because God doesn't do that with us, does He? And then He says, the result will be is that if you scold them, they'll be angry with you. And if you nag them, they'll resent you for it. So why do it? In other words, it's a fruitless way of trying to raise our children. And how many of us have experienced that? And how many of us can say, yes, I'm being angry. Maybe you still carry some anger with your parents. Maybe you still resent them to some degree because of that. But yet we find ourselves doing the same thing to our children. Why? God says, don't do it. Then he goes on and it says, rather, in other words, do this instead. Bring them up with the loving discipline the Lord himself approves. With suggestions and godly advice. Wow. Isn't that powerful? It's telling us right there, rather raise them up the way God raises you up as His child. With loving discipline. And what does that loving discipline look like? It says with suggestions and godly advice. Amen. And I know sometimes we just keep on releasing that and we think, are they listening? Are they receiving it? Is it going in? Well, apparently God knows that it does. That's why He says, do it. And you think about how God is with us. 
only the legalist, only religion, only someone who has a relationship with someone other than God will tell you that God scolds you and nags you. And that means that he goes against his own advice because he knows that that doesn't work. And you know, I remember during a time in my adolescent years of adolescence, as they say, it's one of the things that, you know, my dad would get so irritated with me. He would get frustrated because he would tell me something over and over and I would keep getting it wrong. <clears throat> I would keep on wanting to do it my way. And so eventually, you know, he would revert to scolding and nagging me. And I remember I became angry with him. I resented him. And there was almost like a gap and a distance between us. And even down the road, years later, when I was a grown man, self-sufficient, I would, you know, go and see my dad and visit with him. And he would ask me how things are going. I would tell him. And then he would begin to pick on me and say, well, you should do this. And I know he meant well. But it was the same old pattern of, you know, a different way of scolding and nagging. And I would just shut it down and change the subject because I know what it had done in our relationship before and how it distanced us and put a gap between us. And I didn't want that again. And eventually, after a while, he realized and he stopped doing that. And he just let me know, I accept you, I love you, and we got along a whole lot better, praise God. And I believe that that's one of the reasons why he was able to receive what the wonderful salvation in Jesus the last night that he was alive. Because the gap was closed. Amen. And so what I'm saying in all of this is, is that parents have the privilege of nurturing and developing their children. We see that clearly from that portion that we've just read. And how can we do that best? Well, God tells us there. He says, do it with loving discipline. In other words, address the issue. Yes, maybe there's a timeout, but then reassure them of your love after the fact. Amen. Let them know that it's <laughs> because I love you that we did that. So with loving discipline. And you know, loving discipline, please listen to this carefully. Loving discipline focuses more on the solution than the problem. Don't spend an hour telling them about the problem and how they got into the problem and five minutes on the solution. Loving discipline focuses more on the solution than the problem. Amen. It focuses more on uplifting the person than pushing them down. Amen. Raising them up, helping them get up instead of pushing them down or kicking them while they're down. Amen. And you know, that's a lesson that imperfect dads learn and realize and we can learn from that and we can see, thank you, dad, for learning that lesson and being the greater dad that you are. So if you find your parents giving you loving discipline and godly suggestion, godly advice, you know that as an imperfect dad, they've learned that lesson. Amen. And that's what another thing we can learn from them here. You see, when we focus our correction and discipline on the character of the person, we're able to do it in a loving and godly manner. But when we focus on their deeds and actions, we're going to tear it down and we're going to tear them down. Amen. You see, through loving discipline and correction, we're able to instill, listen to this carefully, a sense of worth and confidence in the other person. And isn't that what God does with us? When He corrects us, 
when He disciplines us. He does it in a loving way. He softly and gently speaks to us, suggests, and gives us His counsel. What does that do? It gives us a sense of worth and confidence, and it makes us want to get, be better and do better. Amen? That's why He tells us to do that. The fourth thing that we learned from imperfect dads is, is that an imperfect dad realizes that he will not always have all the answers. This is why he turns to God for the answers. And I know with Helena and I's parents, there's been times when our daughter has asked us something and we don't have the answer. We don't know. We don't know how to answer it for her and in her context. And this is when we turn to God and we say, Father, help me. And it's amazing how He does help you. You see, and that's something else that imperfect dads realize and learn to do. When I don't have the answers, God has them. Let me get them from God. That's what it says in James 1 verse 5. Watch this. If you need wisdom, in other words, if you need answers, ask our generous God and He will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. Praise God for that and that He puts it that way. Amen. So at the end of the day, what we see here is, is that a person who turns to God for wisdom is a wise person. Isn't that powerful? A person who turns to God for wisdom is a wise person. Praise God. You see, it's always best to seek God's wisdom in any and every situation. And that's what imperfect dads learn to do. And that's what we can learn from them and embrace and become the same way. Amen. You see, to ask for wisdom is to ask for guidance and direction. That's what it is, is to get the answers. Praise God. So no matter how imperfect we may feel at times, God never withholds wisdom from us. No matter how disqualified we may feel at times, no matter how undeserving we may feel at times, it tells us there that God never withholds wisdom from us. So even if it's you that messed up as a parent, you can still go to God for wisdom and He will not withhold it from you and give it to you. And you see, I've seen imperfect dads do that. Those of you who are dads, who have been around, I know that's what you do. Because that's what imperfect dads learn to do, is to go to God for the answers. And that's something that the rest of us can take and learn from them. Amen. You see, it takes humility to ask God for wisdom. It's only someone who's proud that won't go to God for wisdom. And you know what they say about pride. It's like bad breath. Everyone knows you've got it except you. So if you find yourself not going to God for wisdom, maybe you got a little bad breath. <laughs> Amen. Praise God. The fifth thing that we can learn from imperfect dads, remember we're coming here for a landing. An imperfect dad realizes that he will not always get it right in life, but he understands the value of righteous living and how it benefits his family. Let me say that again. And I'm talking about godly living, righteous living, okay? An imperfect dad realizes that he will not always get it right in life. In other words, he's not always going to live righteous and make every righteous decision. But he understands the value of righteous living 
and how it benefits his children and his family. Amen. Look at this in Proverbs 20 verse 7. The godly walk with integrity. Blessed are their children who follow them. Notice, even though in the original there's no punctuation, as far as looking at the context and translating, it's pretty accurate because there's a semicolon there. It says, the godly walk with integrity. It's talking about parents, fathers. And then as a result of that, it says, blessed are the children who follow them. What does it mean <laughs> to walk with integrity? It means to be blameless. It means to live a righteous life. I'm talking about right living. In other words, I am going to strive to do right and be right. Well, we are right before God in Jesus, but you know, to be right before our family. In other words, I don't just want them to see me doing the right thing when they're watching me. I want them to know that when they're not watching me, I am still doing the right thing. That's integrity. Integrity is when you know that you have an audience of one, namely God, ultimately. And because of that, you live righteous. You choose to do rightness. You choose to be right. That's what I'm talking about here. You see, an imperfect that realizes that and understands just how valuable and important it is for he himself to live righteous and have right living because it does impact his family, his children, <laughs> even if they're grown up. So what do we see here? This is that how we live our lives directly impacts the lives of those around us, especially our children, because they're watching. You know the old saying that goes, as far as some people are concerned, you are the only Bible they will ever read. They'll never pick up the book and read the scriptures, but they watch your life. They see how you conduct yourself. They see how you speak. They see what you do. And they are literally reading the scriptures because you told them you're a believer. Because they know that you're a believer. And this is what this is talking about. You see, integrity is something that is learned by behavior. Integrity is something that is learned as those around us watch us. And that's what this is saying. Imperfect dads realize how important integrity is. And because of that, they strive and do all they can to trust God, to live with integrity, because they know and they want that for their children. And when their children catch it and begin to live the same way, the blessing and favor of God manifests more so. Because that's the environment of God. Amen? Praise God. You see, integrity is contagious, as we've seen in that verse, right? Integrity is contagious, and I want, to, <laughs> I want to pass that on, amen? You see, what we see there too is, is that integrity is like a magnet. It attracts the blessing and favor of God more so into our lives. Yes, we have it in Jesus. Yes, we are qualified in Jesus, but integrity will be like a magnet that will attract it more so into our lives and into our children's lives. And we want that for them. You see, that's something that imperfect dads learn and learn to put a focus on and live that way. Amen. You see, the best way to live with integrity is to live knowing that you have an audience of one, as I said. Don't try and have integrity for those around you. Don't try and live with integrity for those around you because they're watching. It's going to fall short. It's not going to be deep-rooted. It's not going to be lasting and from the heart. 
Ultimately, your integrity has to matter to you because the people you love matter to you. And more importantly, because the one who is with you, who died for you to redeem you, is watching and is with you all the time. And that's why we have that integrity. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Those are the things that we can learn from an imperfect father because imperfect fathers learn these things throughout their life. And it's powerful things that we can take away. It's powerful things that as dads we can continue to practice. Amen. You see, here on earth, there is no such thing as a perfect dad. But with God on our side, the dad or dads that he places in our lives are the perfect ones for us. Amen. My biological dad, though he left with not the best of circumstances, was the best for the time that he was in my life. Because that affected the change that led me to have the dad that I had, who was the dad that he was to me. And you know, when I look back now, yes, they were imperfect, but they were perfect for me because it's made me who I am. Amen. And I need you to ask you today, embrace your dads and their imperfections because God will turn it all out for your good and he will use them and bless them the same way. Amen. So dads are a gift from God and we thank him for them. Amen. Praise God for dads. I know some of us live sour and bitter because our dads were not this, were not that. Let me tell you something. If they failed to be a great dad to you, one thing is certain, it's made you a great dad. And so there it is, fulfilled and turned out for your good. Amen. Praise God, praise God. So we love and appreciate you dads. Thank you for being the best dad that you can be and for pointing us ultimately to our ultimate father in Jesus. Amen. Thank you for that. We, we praise God for that. May God's blessing and favor manifest in your life all the more in Jesus' name. We trust that you are blessed by this message. For more information about our ministry or to make a donation to help us continue spreading the gospel, please visit our website at redemptioninjesus.com.